0: Hello everyone, this is David Douthit. This
1: is Molly Douthit.
0: And welcome to More Than Hearing, a podcast to encourage preachers to use multiple intelligences in sermons and worship leadership, because there are plenty of ways to reach someone's soul.
1: Today we are covering iSmart and MathSmart for the lectionary selections for the seventh Sunday in Easter Year C. In John's Gospel, we hear Jesus praying for his disciples before he is arrested. The Psalm and Revelation use bold dramatic images to convey God's glory and power. And in Acts, Paul and Silas get in trouble for releasing a slave girl. Join us as we explore some illustrations and special effects.
0: This podcast is based on Dr. Howard Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences. Dr. Gardner suggests that there are multiple ways to learn, process, remember, and understand our world. Each week, centered on the weekly readings for the Revised Common Lectionary, we develop illustrations and special effects using various smarts based on Dr. Gardner's identified intelligences. Over the course of four weeks, we will cover WordSmart, iSmart, MathSmart body smart, music smart, nature smart, people smart, and self smart. You can read more about Dr. Gardner's work by clicking on the link at the top of our web page, morethanhearing.org. Join us as we explore ways these
1: intelligences can be utilized for a deeper appreciation of God's Word. Then, we encourage you to try it for yourself. Anytime time and any way we can make use of the different smarts, we give people greater access to the Word of God so they can acquire it, process it, and internalize it in ways that make sense to them. Let's get started.
0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. We are glad to have you with us. And uh, if this is your first time, especially, we want to welcome you and invite you to join the community and uh, drop us a line sometime and let us know what you think of the show. And If you try any of the things that we offer or try something else, let us know what it was and how it worked. That would be true also for our regular listeners. We want to hear from you too. So, we have lots of information at our website, morethanhearing.org, and you can check it out there and uh, find out more about Dr. Howard Gardner and his work and how we have uh, abused and misused his <laughs> theories for our own purposes. So, <laughs> no, that's probably not that bad. No, no, no. Anyway. 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 Okay, this week we're looking at MathSmart and iSmart. So, MathSmart is the ability to use and manipulate mathematical, numerical, and logical elements to engage and organize information. And MathSmart folks are good with numbers and formulae, uh, but they also are good with logical arguments and structured processes. They like things like equations, charts, and graphs. Now, Jesus didn't get into a lot of math per se, and there is no evidence of his use of charts and graphs. But he did use numerical comparisons in several of his parables, especially those that talked about money and forgiveness.
1: Especially forgiveness.
0: And he was quite adept at forming logical arguments, lessons, and questions for instruction or correction as well as picking apart the logical inconsistencies of his adversaries. Mm. So there's definitely some evidence that he was adept with MathSmart. Now, when we talk about MathSmart around here, we uh, offer illustrations and special effects that generally include the fields of math, accounting, science, and law, because of the combinations of numbers and logic.
1: For iSmart, uh, an iSmart person is someone with the ability to see in pictures rather than words. They would probably be somebody who would say they are a big picture person. They learn and express themselves in visual ways, which includes drawing and design, three-dimensional constructions such as Lego logs or uh No. Lego bricks. Lego bricks and what are those logs? Lincoln Lincoln logs. logs. Thank you. Uh, Other visual arts such as photography, sculpting, painting. This person needs pictures, maps, diagrams, charts, photos, and other visual or spatial material. I think when Jesus asked disciples to, quote, consider the lilies of the field, he was asking them to engage their visual imaginations as they compared God's splendor against King Solomon's. So, taking, also taking and putting a small child in the midst of a crowd illustrated the way one enters the kingdom with no standing and no claims on any part of it except what God chooses to give. All right.
0: All right. Let's take a look. The gospel lesson for year C, Easter 7, is John 17, verses 20 through 26. This is part of Jesus' so-called high priestly prayer in John. It comes after the Last Supper, and it is uh, John's re-envisioning of Jesus' prayer from Gethsemane, wherein uh, he prays, Uh, for his own mission to be completed and God to be glorified. He prays for his disciples and then goes on to pray for those who will believe through the testimony of the disciples. And that's the part which we have here. So he is praying that they all may be one as Jesus and God are one. And uh, so lots of looping language oh, here, much. I am in you and you are in me, <laughs> goo 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 juob. Which uh, was the title which, three years ago. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so this gathering together of all those who come to believe and are saved for the glory of God. So we can take a look, as we said, at smart and smart take a look at at what we did 3 years ago because there's there's a lot of stuff there so that's uh you can we'll have a link in the show notes for this week that will lead you back there but for for now we've got we've got this so i i was thinking about the convergence of an infinite series so in in math there are things uh, like series where you are adding a new element to Mm -hmm. a set of elements and you just keep going, adding more and more elements. Is that
1: the Fibonacci sequence?
0: That would be one. Yay, me! Yes, yes. but um, these infinite series tend to be more abstract um, so that you end up describing them in terms of a variable n very often where Mm -hmm. n is an arbitrary number. Mm -hmm. So uh, some of these series, as you extend them out to infinity, uh, will converge. That is, they'll come together to approach a a particular number, often zero or maybe one or some fraction. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, other series diverge, that means that they just blow up and go up to infinity as you go out to infinity. Uh, Or if they oscillate between two values, they're considered to be divergent. So anyway, we're thinking here about this infinite series of numbers that as you continue would would converge to a particular value. And Hmm. what I would be thinking of is a series that converges on one. Right, because as you add more and more believers they are drawn closer to one which Jesus and God are one and so you you have this drawing together toward one Mm -hmm. so uh, the Khan Academy has some good videos on these infinite series and I've got a link for you for the first of those and then they just kind of uh, go on directly from there. Um, there's also iterative functions. And that's where you take a, a an equation and run the number through it. And then you take the answer and plug that back in to mm-hmm. the equation and run it through until you get a number. And then you plug that answer back in and you just keep doing that. And some of those functions will um, also converge to a particular number or a particular set. Um, and you, you can, de- it's interesting because you can often develop, the, you come to the same answer no matter what number you plug in to start. Mm-hmm. So again, there's a sense of convergence. It doesn't matter what you plug into it, it still comes out with the same answer. It might come to it in a, in a different way But it still comes out to the same answer. Hmm. And um, so uh, I'll I'll see if I can put a little bit more about that in my worksheet than I have, which is iterative functions. Uh, (laughs) Try and give a little more description there. Anyway, the idea is that these mathematical sequences converge to one, and that's what we're doing with God. Cool.
1: Cool. All right. For iSmart, um, the first thing that occurred to me in reading about this interchangeable relationship between Jesus and the Father and then Jesus and the Father and the disciples, it made me think of an amoeba eating something and i found a video of an amoeba eating something called a stentor and it's kind of terrifying so (laughs) you know that's a it it borders on nature smart so if you want to appeal to the nature smart people visually this is the way to do it it's it's scary uh also venn diagrams uh this is a math smart uh a way of approaching it but it's Mm -hmm. also a diagram so it's also i smart Um, verse 22 about the glory that Jesus is talking about being given to him by the Father that would then go to the disciples at least in my mind it looks like one of those cascading chocolate fountains that you get at um, uh, buffets and things like that you don't see them very much anymore because germaphobes are like blah Uh, (laughs) so you don't see those but that kind of made me think for a less sticky illustration a snowball starting at the top of a hill and gathering more and more snow as it goes down a hill Mm-hmm. or a waterfall um just something that cascades down uh for a special effect we have um remember those old marble runs that that contrapture of pla- yeah. brightly plastic colored things that we had for the kids yeah. you can construct these things they're they're like tubes and chutes and uh, funnels and things and 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 uh uh, wheels, You drop a marble in at the top and gravity pulls it down and it goes whackada, whackada, whackada. And it's it's just, it's really kind of cool. It's another uh, math, smart special effect, but the visual of something beginning from on high and then cascading down mm. demonstrates grace and glory that begin with God and then flows down through Jesus and then onto us. Or uh, for another way of demonstrating that, get a flour sifter and sift powdered sugar onto cupcakes that you can then eat at fellowship the powder the sifter uh being the the something that cascades down okay Okay. it's just you know it's the visual of something falling onto something else and then you can eat it i'm hungry (laughs) 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 so there you go
0: okay let's go on
1: the second reading for Year C, Easter 7, is from the end of the book of Revelation. Essentially, uh, chapter 22, verses 12 through 21, although the lectionary committee has taken out the thing about the dogs and the sorcerers and the fornicators and murderers and idolaters, and took out the part about if you take out words, <laughs> <laughs> you are cursed. So, hey!
0: that's not uh, That just makes no sense. <laughs>
1: So if you want to leave them in, that's what's been left out. But this is the end. This is the end of the revelation to John and the end of uh, scripture. Anyway, so um, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me to repay according to everyone's work. Uh, Blessed are those who wash their robes. Uh, They will have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. Um, I was kind of caught as uh, visually with verse 17, where uh, the spirit and the bride say, come and let everyone who hears say, come, let everyone who is thirsty come, let anyone who washes, wishes, sorry, take the water of life as a gift. But the, the bride, um, the idea of the bride. So uh, it, it's, it's sort of like everybody being in a church waiting for the bride, to walk in at the end, which you know is essentially the imagery that John uses here, right? Uh, and also, there's a sense that people are waiting for someone to enter a building. So think about going to a concert or a rally or um a a, a movie. Well, maybe not a movie, but a concert or a rally, Mm -hmm. and you're waiting on some one person. A lecture. A lecture to walk in for this to get going, for this to start. David walking into the sanctuary for (laughs) worship on Sunday mornings. We're always waiting on him. Hey, (laughs) it's true. Uh, so think about think about that and and um, uh, the the expectation and the uh, the eagerness or the let's get this going kind of experience of that. Um, you could even uh, demonstrate that with a special effect of having somebody walk in uh, if you have access to a spotlight. Get it rigged up so that it can happen.
0: Um, or have have the choir go in without the pastor and. It, <laughs> You know, and and wait for
1: yeah. Just stand around and wait until he comes in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or for a special effect, uh, when talking about washing clothes, put up some pictures of clothes hanging on a clothesline, or even string a clothesline in your worship space and hang some clothes on it. Um,
0: the washing the clothes in the right in the blood is, that is? Uh,
1: yeah. Oh, and we did something. Somewhere along, I, it wasn't for this passage, it was for something else about um, it. Was the Billy Mays thing?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's the, see if we can find it. Yeah, because it doesn't it's, say they're washed in the blood here, but it No, it's just spec, who've washed their robes. Yeah, yeah well, somewhere it's if talking it was, about the martyrs. Right, right. Somewhere. A few weeks back.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so if you want to uh, go, lo- go look that up, the OxyClean stuff, um, right. You could you could try that as a visual effect.
0: Well, for for math smart, I'm um, contrary, and I'm looking at both the verses that they left out. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Because <laughs> you know, right. So uh, the the combination of verses fourteen and fifteen, uh, blessed are those who are included, and mm-hmm. um, not so blessed <laughs> are those who are excluded. <laughs> uh so what
1: he got against dogs jeez anyway he yeah, must be a cat that, person
0: <laughs> well maybe he's speaking metaphorically yes, here I'm sure uh, the not dogs literally. And the curs right right um anyway uh I was thinking of set theory where you uh, define a particular collection of elements that are within a set Mm -hmm. as opposed to those that are excluded from that set. Mm -hmm. So this is where you get into your Venn diagrams and such and Mm -hmm. defining what's in and what's out, which has a a lot to do with the book of Revelation. Absolutely. Who's in and who's out. Um,
1: Especially here at the end.
0: Right. And uh, so that would be the mathematical equivalent, I guess, is just talking about that, uh, what's in the set and what's not in the set. Now, you want to be careful with that, I think, theologically. Um, I've been listening, to, uh, a slight excursus, been listening to uh, The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis, and it talks about this question of trying to decide who's in and who's out at the end. And uh, in that, one of the characters who is a guide for the for the main character says, you know, basically you can't fig, you can't say it with words what the actual truth of this is. You know, your your finite mind isn't able to adequately describe it. So um uh even though John has had this revelation, uh we don't want to impinge on God's uh rights, basically, or or power to decide who's in and who's out. Anyway, uh, going on to verses 18 and 19, leaving what's here and not adding to it, basically. Uh, and this is basic accounting practice. So uh, you want in accounting, you want to give an accurate representation of all the transactions of your business. And if you add entries that didn't happen, that's generally considered to be bad practice. And if you don't show all the transactions that happened, that's considered to be bad practice. Fraud. Right. It can and get you in trouble depending
1: it, on what those books
0: are for it can indeed so in accounting you want to make sure that you leave everything that's supposed to be there and uh <laughs> don't take anything out and don't add anything to it uh, so that you get an accurate representation and that's that's basically what the revelator is saying about his work here too
1: yep oh well um a a uh very recent uh, uh, illustration of that would be uh, Bob Mueller um, saying, This is my work stands on its own. Ah, for example, for yeah. For example, yeah. yeah. Don't add anything, don't take anything. This is what we did for two and a half years. There you go.
0: Right. So, um, for special effect, there you might bring in a ledger, mm. uh, hopefully with some proper accounting in it, because everybody uses ledger books still. And, uh,
1: <laughs> Just bring in your phone. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah,
0: or, you know, your uh, QuickBooks or, or what have you. It would be nice if people still used Ledgers so you could do that, but, uh, yeah, it, it's whatever. Spreadsheets, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah.
1: all right, let's okay. go on.
0: The Psalm for Easter 7 year C is Psalm 97. This is one of those great and powerful psalms, uh, or at least describing our great and powerful God. <laughs> uh, and basically that it is a 12-verse collection just talking about how powerful God is as God moves across the landscape and uh, clouds and thick darkness coming and fire going ahead and lightning and the mountains melt and the heavens proclaim his righteousness. And um, like that there. For Math smart, looking at this, again, I came back to convergent and divergent series, mm-hmm. oddly, um, except in this case, I went for a divergent series instead of a convergent series. Because a a divergent series goes to infinity. Right. So and that seems to be kind of what's happening here is is God's power is greatly demonstrated and just increasing as God moves across the landscape. And um uh, makes me think
1: of a snowplow.
0: Snowplow.
1: Just you know, it moves and then so stuff kind of piles up in front of it.
0: Yeah. Except that it, it, well, yeah. I was going to say it gets absorbed into.
1: Oh, and so then the snowplow kind inst- of gets bigger. As inst- it.
0: Yeah, except that God isn't actually ga- gathering all this stuff so much as. Just I moving. Know. I don't know. It's just.
1: Well, that was just the mental image.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That came. That's, anyway. It's not bad. Sorry, not a bad one at in. all. Um. Another uh, or a, a way of thinking about this and again, I, I suggest you look at those con Academy videos mm-hmm. to, to get a better sense of what I'm talking about with these series if you don't know them. Um, in there he talks about series where you can you can basically get an estimate if you work it out so that it's a, a fraction. Okay. A relationship between uh, uh, two comparative things. Okay. And if the the top of the fraction, the numerator, increases faster than the bottom, the denominator, then it is a divergent series. It's going to blow up to infinity. And, Pretty quick. Well, it depends. But oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and if the denominator, the, the bottom number, gets bigger faster, then it's going to converge. Okay. So uh, that's how you can kind of tell the difference. So this would be like if and that's the, th-
1: that's because of how you plot it on the graph. Right. Okay.
0: Right. Yeah. So if because if the the top number is getting bigger, then the each number in the series will be bigger, mm-hmm. and so it's gonna just Shoo. Can, as no. you can just imagine that graph going right. going right. up, and. Uh, if if it's the other way, then it's going to get smaller, okay, and and come to one, right? Uh, so you know, for example, uh, one where the numerator increases exponentially and the denominator increases linearly, then that's mm-hmm. going to be a divergent series. Mm-hmm. Right? So okay. um, and that's kind of how God's power is manifesting as divergent and uh, blowing up to infinity. Okay. So it's interesting that God is both divergent and convergent, <laughs> uh, and God can do that. Right. So. Right. All right. So that's why I got for math. Okay. Special well, effect would be to graph some of this right, stuff. Right. Which would course. be an
1: excellent ice smart. <laughs> Uh, special that effect. It, it, it's it. It would be um, the the math in it would be really clicking with the math smart people. But the fact that you've got a graph up there or a chart is is the i smart people going ooh look at that. Yeah. Maybe not necessarily pinging on it as hard as a math smart people, but they can see it. and yeah. so it yeah. would. It would, uh, Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as math smart or I mean i smart, um, the first seven verses. Uh, if if your church is or has been in areas devastated by tornadoes this last month here in the United States, this could be a little overwhelming, because essentially, that's a storm moving through. Um, and as th- there's a lot of spatial uh, uh, smarts in that as well. If I'm thinking specifically of the three tornadoes that went through uh, Dayton, Ohio, the, and the, the day before it last. Um, and I've seen some maps of the, the the National Weather Service has has plotted on a map. I'll add that to the show notes, the the tracks of the storms that mm. went through, and uh, it, it's it's on a, a map that you can manipulate so you can make it bigger or smaller, and I, I made it bigger so I could see where we used to live, and it was not far no, at all, no. which is why I was really anxious to hear from a neighbor, and they are okay, thank you God, um, but there is a lot of uh, devastation in North Dayton. It's just amazing. Um, but this big dramatic front moving through is what comes to mind when you read these these words, um, and it could be that maybe that's what the psalmist was thinking of—a storm coming through in Israel. You know, the the the, the big clouds, the thunder, the lightning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's quite dramatic. So uh, that might be a way of um, illustrating the the power of of God.
0: So there's a lot of nature smart in there. Oh yeah, uh,
1: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, vi- vis- I, I, visually and spatially it's it's a nice smart thing, you know, just the the, the concept of how how much space that takes up. But the nature yeah. smart would be the nature of the storm. Uh, yeah. Uh,
0: again, I think you'd want to check your theology against this to make sure you're not saying God wiped out those houses right there. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, there are people that are saying that, but yeah, don't do that. Yeah. That's yeah. It, it, it the idea of 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 seeing this is is just the power. Yeah, uh, it's a, a, majesty, meta- a more yeah.
0: metaphor for God's power right. than Literal. this was actually right. God smiting those people. Right. Right.
1: Right. right. Um, For a special effect, uh, go look and see what artists have done with these passages. I was Googling some things, and I found some, uh, mostly these verses superimposed over the images of storm clouds. Mm. Um, But there might be people out there who have actually sculpted or painted uh, these verses. So find something that, that speaks to you and that you think might speak to your congregation and display it. That's always a good way of engaging iSmart people is finding artwork um, that somebody may have done with these verses. This is also, uh, a, this particular psalm would be a good one for finding for to engage music-smart people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, actually found a Psalter, a Revised Common Lectionary Psalter, as I was Googling about. I f- forgot to keep the link, but <laughs> you can find it yourself
0: if you want to go look. Okay. Let's go on.
1: The first reading for Year C, Easter 7, is from Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 34. We're picking up pretty much right where we left off last week. Uh, last week, Paul uh, met Lydia, and now, this week, the, uh, Luke, the author of this, takes over and says, one day we're going to a place of prayer and met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money by fortune telling. Uh, This slave girl follows Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke. We are assuming that's who the us is here and uh, crying out. These men are slaves of the most high God who proclaim to you a way of salvation. Uh, She does this for several days. Paul gets annoyed, turns around and says, shut up to the spirit (laughs) and, uh, Tells it to get out and it does. And then their owners discover, hey, our uh, goose that lays the golden egg is no longer laying the golden eggs. And so it's, you know, they've pretty much messed with this guy's. uh, Without so much as a buy or leave. (laughs) Right. Messed with their commerce. And so they uh, um, tell them, tell the magistrates that these men are disturbing our city. They're advocating customs that are not lawful. lawful for us as Romans to adopt or observe. The crowd gets involved in this, and um, the magistrates strip them of their clothing or them to be beaten with rods, and eventually they are tossed in jail. And while they're in jail, uh, Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns to God, and an earthquake happens, and everything rattles open, and the jailer's like, oh, no, No, they're all gone, and so begins to uh, take his own life. And Paul says, "No, don't do that." And the jailer comes, and they have a conversation. Paul introduces him to Jesus. He says, "What must I do to be saved?" And uh, uh, it kind of goes from there. So it's a great story. Uh, (laughs) Well, his his whole household, like Lydia, his whole house is believes and is baptized. Uh, So there you go. Um for iSmart, I think probably one of the best ways of doing this with a special effect would be just present it. As it's being read, get some folks and cast them in the roles of the various apostles and the slave girl and her owners and the magistrates and the people in the crowd and the jailer and the other prisoners and just just present it as it's as it's being read. Um David before he hit the record button, said, think of ter- think of this also in terms of space, uh, the spaces that are occupied. So first you have Paul and Silas and uh, Timothy and Luke wandering around in the marketplace with the slave girl following them for several days. Uh, then you have the space maybe within the slave girl herself where the demon is, uh, and then how that space changes once Paul calls the demon out.
0: You'd, you'd also have the the public square where they uh, drag mm-hmm. Paul and Silas and company before the magistrate, and mm-hmm. then the space of the jail cell, mm-hmm. the larger space of the jail outside the cell.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could do all sorts of things with so, that.
0: Yeah, by, by describing all of those spaces as you go along mm-hmm. imaginatively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay for math smart got to thinking about orders of magnitude and comparison thereof and, and the reason why i was thinking that is that you know for for most people getting beaten with rods would be a pretty significant event <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> Uh, I, I, yeah, I looked it up hurt. a little bit, you know, and it's a little bit more body smart, but there, I've, I've got a couple links on my uh, worksheet about w- what that would be like, um, the sort of rods that they might use and, and all that sort of stuff. Because, you know, there are people who get into that um, <laughs> and, and the descriptions of that in and, and trying to understand the, the martyrs in particular. Uh, and a lot of people... Didn't survive being beaten with rods, and well, Paul later says that he received that three times. Oof. Um So it it kind of depends on the rod and where you are in your life and all that sort well, of thing. Probably where they hit you with it too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean that would, that that would be big to get beaten with rods. Uh, it would make uh, uh, <laughs> an impact on your life, so to speak. <laughs> um and yet it does not impact Paul to the point that he stops his ministry so his his life in Christ is so much larger than the suffering that gets imposed on him that it it is almost incomparable uh, so his his life in Christ is orders of magnitude larger. So uh, orders of magnitude mathematically would be um, the columns of your digits, right? So the ones column, the tens, hundreds, thousands, and so on up the line. And the, so you can write that as uh, uh, powers of 10. You'd have... Uh, the ones column would be 10 to the zero power, and tens would be 10 to the one, then 10 to the two, 10 to the three. And so that increasing number uh, of the exponent is your order of magnitude. And so uh, Paul's order of magnitude of faith is a much larger number than the, the order of magnitude of the suffering, which, you know, might be uh, a two. And his faith is six, right? So it's a thousand times greater in his faith than, or maybe, or is that 10,000? Anyway, uh, <laughs> orders of magnitude larger. Uh, the reverse side of that is that in in engineering terms, the suffering would be considered negligible. So when you're doing engineering calculations, you always have to figure what are the things that are working against us? What are the forces that are uh, uh, producing drag or uh, force that we have to take into account and could add enough stress to the system that it would fail? And if those things are small enough, then you can you say, well, they exist, but we don't have to worry about them because it's within our tolerance. And so they're, in engineering terms, are considered negligent. negligible.
1: Oh, right, negligible, ne- negligible not, not negligent. negligent right.
0: Yeah, you don't want a negligent engineer because <laughs> <laughs> they don't do these calculations right. So, um, again, just considering the relative... Uh, uh, powers of magnitude here. Um, and you might think of like the relative gravitational attraction of the earth compared to the relative gravitational attraction of an orange. Mm. You know, an orange has gravity, but right. it's negligible compared to the earth. Right. And so it is with the suffering that Paul experiences compared with the gravity of his uh, faith in Christ. So for a special effect, you might actually calculate the acceleration of gravity for the Earth and for an orange. And I'll have a formula where you can work that out uh, in the worksheet. There you go. Well, that's our podcast for today. Please ask questions or leave us a comment on our website, www.morethanhearing.org, or facebook.com slash or tweet us at More Than Hearing or email us at connect at morethanhearing.org. If you tried any of these suggestions, or maybe got an idea you like better than ours, please let us know what you did and how it went. We'd love to hear how using this theory has made a difference in your preaching and worship.
1: Remember to check out the show notes, worksheets, links, and resources at our website. They go hand in glove with the podcast and give you lots more material to work with. Don't forget to subscribe using the links on the website for iTunes, Google Play, Android, or good old RSS. Or point your podcatching software at morethanhearing.org feed podcast. Help others find us more easily by writing a review at the iTunes store. And, of course, you can share the show with your friends and colleagues. We'll be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, stay subscribed and be smart.
0: Whippet Good Production.
1: We did it. (laughs)